Welcome back to the Fantasy Addicts podcast. You're on once again with myself, Andrew, and today we're going to be talking about NFL, Dynasty, Fantasy Football, sell players, people we want off our rosters. If you're rebuilding, going for the win, Frank, we just want them because they're locker room cancers. I am here joined once again with Frank. How are you going, Frank? Tell the people how you are. How's your week been? Yeah, I'm doing all right, Andrew. It is only Tuesday, so plenty of time for the week to get worse. Um, but no, I'm doing all right. It's good to be on the pod. Um, it's always good to be speaking to you, Andy. It's always uh, brightens up my week. Um, someone who doesn't brighten up my week just uh, just as much. Joel, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, the joke was there, but poor execution. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> I like you. I'm alive, so you know, always happy to be. Yeah, don't don't remind me, Joel. Talking some. Fantasy. Frank, let's talk about the trade we, me and Andrew just did in uh, our Dino League. Oh, it's a bit of a nothing trade. Like, maybe, like, you're just hoping, like, you just hit on one of those picks. So I will, I'll read it out. Let me, let me pull it up. I'll pull it up now. Don't worry. Let's be, if we're going to do this, let's do it properly. All right. Thought I'd ask you a So we had in our 12 team Superflex. Dynasty draft, Dynasty league. Um, mind you, this is like a start nine, so it's pretty um, shallow. So like you want you want top end talent. So someone like uh, Mac Jones, who's been traded away from Paul's uh, team, not someone you're super keen on to be honest. So I'm surprised there was even a market for him. So shout out Chad's ninety nine, um, your dog shit. But what he has given up is a 2024 third round pick in a 12 team. So not much there. 2024 second round pick, 2025 third round pick, and another 2024 second round pick. So essentially you've gotten two seconds and two thirds for Mac Jones. Really don't hate it because if you really need Mac Jones, you're not competing. Um, so why on earth do you need Mac Jones in the first place? You might as well get him off your roster, lose a few more games and get a better draft pick if that's the intention you're going with, but you know, knowing your team, you guys do have a couple other quarterbacks on the roster. So Mac Jones becomes pretty expendable. Um, and you're just banking on being able to hit on one of those picks or being able to get a, another bigger deal done. So I like the move, got some nice uh, draft capital back. So props to you guys. Um, as much as that pains me to say. Yeah, that wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, well, we expecting me to rip India's and say it's a twelve-team super flex. What are you doing, Mac Jones? Bounce back. I don't know, Frank. Just not very supportive as a general rule. But um, yeah, you know, you went a weird way about saying it. Like you went like the third first, then back to a second, then back to another third, and then another second. But anyway, two seconds. And I'm two- just reading. I'm just reading down the page. All right. So if you want to submit your your support claim and your help claim to the sleeper app, go right ahead. Um, I can send you the link if you'd like. It's fine. Um, otherwise. Just thought we'd open there and um, give the listeners a quick, you know, little, maybe it gives them some ideas if they need a quarterback of, you know, what 
people are selling, uh, you know, a quarterback for in a Superflex Dynasty League or whether they want to sell what, you know, what other people are selling for, Frank, you know. More information helps out the listeners. Yeah, Frank. Exactly. They can always reach out to us on our socials if they want any advice too. Um, at the Twitters, at the FB Addicts, and on Instagram, at the Fantasy Addicts. So if you do ever have any trade questions or you know, want some advice on what to do with your team, feel free to hit us up on that and we will always respond to your queries. Yeah, one thing we, we aren't really in a position to do is um give the listeners any money. Um, Andrew, I know we got a pretty interesting uh, DM the other day. Um, My man, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to reveal the name, but uh, man must have been down bad if he's asking a fantasy addict for money. Um, Wishing you the best, brother, uh, if you're listening. Um, shout out, take care of yourself. Um, you know, we're thinking of you. Um, you can get through this. Yeah, that was, uh, we should make it a segment. Funniest DM of the week, but, uh, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, what if he's actually like in trouble? I don't want to make gags. That's why I'm covering all bases here. Uh, I don't know, but, um, if he needs free money, Frank, the bombers are paying $2 this week. <laughs> Yeah, true. Actually, we are we got no Jordan Ridley though, Joel. How upsetting! He's actually like cooked for the year. Yeah, we're on my super coach team. Um, but you know it is what it is on that front. But no, we'll we'll wait the Swans. They're shit. Yeah, so are we though, Joel. We're not that shit. Okay, you seem happier than I do. I was there on Friday night, so I hate life. You were there with Charlene too. That kind of helped. Yeah, exactly. I just my fantasy team's got worse just hanging around him. Mm. How good was Marcus? Anyway, let's get on to some NFL news. Uh, Frank, I'm just going to read it off. Um, you know, there's not that much exciting stuff going on, but we will talk about one piece which I think is relevant, but I'll quickly read off the NFL released its pup list. Uh, the fa- fantasy relevant players are Brees Hall, J.K. Dobbins, Chase Claypool, Marvin Jones. I'm sure he's relevant. Uh, Randall Cobb, K.J. Hamler, C.J. Uzoma. Uh, and Rashad Bateman have all started on the pup list. Um, me and Joel's boy, Kendra Miller, is off the pup list. Yeah, he is. It's exciting. Javante Williams off the pup list, Frank. Yes, sir. Um, shout out Naheem Hines. Suffered a significant knee injury and is expected to miss the season, maybe his career. Um, yeah, I've played him a few times. Thanks, Naheem. I uh, enjoy life outside of football. Um, yeah, you're the man. Um, some hype pieces on Calvin Ridley, Elijah Moore, Rashad White, uh, Zay Flowers. We could actually go there. Um, you know, hype pieces in the off season. Me and Frank did a show about it. It's uh, don't know what to believe, but yeah, I mean, send it to your to your league mates and uh, flex on them if you want. But um, Joel, you recently sold Zay Flowers based off this news. Um, tell the listeners you targeted our league dummy, as you've called him multiple times on the pod. Shout out, Dylan Lawrence. Um, yeah, always target your league dummy. That's that's if the listeners going to take something away. That's that's the, the number one piece of advice there. No, well, the the key piece of information here is it is an eight man dynasty league. Um, some people, you know, it's it's I don't I don't you know eight man leagues is the we only have eight friends that we thought would be in it for the long haul. That's why it's there. Um, but anyway, I traded Zay Flowers and D- 
Devon A Chain away for uh, and a twenty twenty five third round pick, which is my own third round pick. Uh, I'm a very good team in that league, so I expect that to be, you know, the one oh or the three oh seven or three oh eight. Um, and acquired a twenty twenty four I twenty twenty five first, my own. Um, a 2025 second, which is Dylan's, which I expect to be very, very high looking at his team. Um, and Andrew's 2025 third, who the third was basically just a, I swapped my third for Andrew's third. I expect my third to be significantly lower than his third. So probably move up about four or five spots in the third round would be my guess. a bit harsh. Your team's not very built for the long haul. Um, anyway, you can change that, I suppose. But, you know, my team is looking rock solid. Uh, anyway, my thoughts on this are I'm probably trading away Devon A-Chain and Zay Flowers for what will probably be, you know, the 107 or 108 um, and Dylan's 2025 20, second, which in a 12-team league equates to about probably the 110, um, maybe 111 or 112 at the very, very latest. So... Um, yeah, I view that as two back end 2025 first in a 12 man league, plus a you know sneaky little uptick in the second and third rounds of a 12 team league. Um, to get off Zay Flowers and Devon A Chain, who on my team are fringy pieces. Um, not sure whether they were getting a start in their first two seasons, and I'm happy to acquire some draft capital and re roll them, um, you know, at a later date. Yeah, I'll just um, provide a little bit of feedback, what I thought. I made it pretty clear in the chat. I think it was a really good deal by you, Joel. Um, given sort of the state of your roster, like you said, those guys aren't going to really be sniffing your lineup um, unless you have just some catastrophic injuries and it would take multiple of them. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good idea, you know, basically trading in those pieces for some draft picks that are far more liquid than those guys. Um those guys aren't really, there's not really a market for them aside from someone like Dylan's team um, because the teams in our league are either completely rebuilding and they're trying to basically empty their rosters out entirely of talent and then acquire draft picks. So there's no market for actually selling these kind of players aside from Dylan's team. So being able to get your first back and control that, you know, you don't anticipate that your team is going to have a significant downfall um, but it is always good to be in control of that pick because then once it is clear that you are going to be competing, um, you can then move that pick if that, you know, that 107 or, you know, in your hope in your hope that it's the 108. Um, there's no real need to, you know, basically give that chance away. So if you do need to pack it in for a season, if you have, you know, multiple quarterback injuries and you just can't compete the position, you just keep losing matchups, um, at least you're in a spot where you can then get a significant draft pick, draft pick. Um, that following season. So I do think that's a good idea. Um, you know, Devon A change probably worth, you know, a high end second for Devon A change, probably overpaying at this stage, not having seen him hit the NFL field. So I think you got really good value there as well. They both could be very good, um, but they probably have to be very good for me to come 2025, um, be pretty upset that I did this trade. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I think Zay Flowers has a real chance to be the number one receiver um, in Baltimore, but what does a number one receiver in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson look like? That upside, especially again, eight team league, the upside for Zay Flowers is what maximum like wide receiver fifteen. Like I can't imagine him finishing as a wide receiver one with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, especially with Mark Andrews there as well. This is like it. 
it is a deeper eight man like league. We start fourteen players, so like you know the fringy wide receiver, you know, twenties and thirties of the world do get starts. But um, yeah, I'm happy to just re-roll them into future things, and um, yeah, the picks in the eight man league generally are worth more than in your standard twelve man league. Yeah. Um, the only other piece of news was Denzel Mims got traded. Uh, shout out Mimsy. Um, and then Frank will talk to actually the. I mean, I'll quickly run through some Melvin Gordon to the Ravens, Cole Beasley to the Giants, Jay Rob to the Giants. Congratulations. Um, but they're not very fantasy relevant. And let's move on to the big piece of news. Frank is that. A lot of the uh, running backs on both you and Joel's rosters are angry. Biggie mad. They're mad as. They're very angry. They've been on a Twitter tear. I only have one of them that's angry. Oh, I just thought I'd throw a jab. Um, do you two... Yeah, I've got one. I've got one that's angry. Thank you very much. Oh, Ben's running backs that yeah. are angry. Yeah, good point. Um, do you two think this impacts uh, Dynasty or do you think, you know, they'll kiss and make up soon? Where do you think this, where do you think this is headed? Oh, all of them except for, like... I don't know, like, don't get me wrong, I don't know any of these players personally. I'm not going to say that, yeah, I've, I've been in Saquon's ear, but they all seem like they care about their team too much and they're too important to their team not to show up. I don't think they want to waste a year of their career when they, you know, expect their teams to be in the playoffs. It's someone like a Josh Jacobs does concern me that he may actually sit out. And, you know, really do make a stand about it. But I don't, again, I don't know Josh Jacobs personally. It's just the vibe I'm getting um, that he'd be more willing than the others based on sort of what's been said previously and um, the negotiations early in the offseason and the trade request um, that Austin Eckler put in that's sort of gone away now. Um, I think, you know, I'm just speaking of the, you know, the players that have been speaking out, uh, you know, about the running back position. Um, but that's how I'm viewing it right now. I'm, as a Saquon Buckley owner, not immediately concerned. I think he cares about his team too much. There was a there was an interview he did the other day speaking about how he could, you know, he goes, I could sit out, I could, you know, let my team down, I could do this, but it was never a lot of um, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to sit out. Um and he seemed sort of really upset by the situation. Um, but not to the point where I, I think he's any in any real danger. That's just what I'm you know, what I'm seeing. But obviously there, you know, if there are more reports to come out then that'll become more clear. I can't envision any of them actually like sitting out to start the season, but like I can see some of them, maybe like your Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley's of the world. Um, you know, if they sort of get nicked up around, and I've used those those players as an example because I don't expect the Giants or the Raiders to be very you know strong teams, but um, you know, say it gets to you know week. 12 and you know the Giants are four and eight and the Raiders are three and nine um they have a slight niggle I I can't envision them you know I can't envision Josh Jacobs you know trotting out there for 25 carries um on a really bad team if he's not you know a hundred percent healthy and a hundred percent committed to the Raiders organization like I can just see him you know Maybe pack it in. Lamar Jackson, you know, packed it in last year, but you know, I can see them doing that type of thing where, you know, they could play, but you know what, we're just going to miss this week, boys. 
Yeah, I think that I think that is a fair assessment as well. If those teams aren't winning get football games, why why go out there when you don't have any job security and any um you know financial security moving forward the organisation? Why put your body on the line? Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like that's the only angle I can see that you know where they would actually physically miss games and want to miss games. Like, I don't think they want to miss any games, despite you know not having the financial security that. You know, some of these upper and upper end running backs probably, you know, deserve some sort of contract and guaranteed money. But you know, the the money that the running back position um is offering up probably would insult um a Saquon Barkley or a Josh Jacobs type of player based on the seasons that they had last year. Yeah, I got um nothing to add. I complete completely agree. Frank, would you pay a running back? Yeah, there's no way. If- Okay, in the in the situations, so we can only look at what's actually going on um, in the NFL right now. From the Giants, and it's Saquon Barkley, and he was my entire offense last year, led them to the playoffs. As good as Daniel Jones was, it was that complimentary running game that Brian Dayball, um, you know, instilled. You know, got Saquon back to his very best last year. Um, I think they have to pay him. Like, are we all in agreement that the Giants are not getting back to the playoffs unless Saquon Barkley plays and he plays to the level, if not better, than what he did last year? Someone like a Josh Jacobs, are the Raiders, re- do they really think that they're a playoff team with Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, they probably think they are because they've gone out and spent all that money, money on Jimmy Garoppolo to lead them to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I can't see them, you know, forking out a lot of money for the that for the running back position, why sign Josh Jacobs to a long-term deal? Um, unless, you know, he's going to be an integral piece to your, you know, next Super Bowl team. Like, do we see Josh Jacobs being the, the Super Bowl, you know, running back? Could be, does he have the possibility to be the Super Bowl MVP and rush for 150 yards and two touchdowns when it matters most? I don't think he has that in him. So he's not someone I'd be willing to pay that kind of money in this situation. Um, I'd be interested to see what the Colts do regarding Jonathan Taylor. There has been rumblings that they want to actually engage in an extension really early before they get to this kind of point um, to try and extend him for more reasonable money, possibly. Um, but yeah, it's back position just as a whole is really interesting to see where these next crop of younger running backs, how they resign or how they navigate that, um, that space. I don't know if this is like a mean comment, but they, don't move the needle to NFL teams. Like, they don't... Anyone can come in and do the job, Frank. It's just how it works. Like, you know, people off the street come in and they're fine. I'd, if I was in charge of an NFL team, I would not pay a running back. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's just how it would... I would be very much like Howie Roseman of the Eagles and just, you know, bring Rashad Penny and Swift and pay him stuff all and it's fine. No way I'm paying Miles Sanders or um, who else got a contract this year. Like, there's just, yeah, no way. Like, you've seen how bad it yeah. is. But, um, the very best, I think, matter. If your team's, you've got the time, the timeline's right, and that player really does matter to your team, I think that you need to, you still need to pay them. I wouldn't be in a position just to punt. I wouldn't be someone that would just punt the position altogether on my my NFL team. They deserve it, but it's just like a thing that just, you know, they don't last very long. You know, a lot of people can just come in and, you know, they're not going to be Saquon Barkley, but they can do, they can play a role for that team. And yeah, it's just not how, Joel, where, where do you sit on this? Yeah, I'm like, 
I agree that like you know Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs after last year probably like morally deserve some money, but there's no way I'm not just you know drafting a one of these running backs, quality running backs in the second and third round, using up their four to five year rookie window, popping the tag on them for a year, popping a tag on them for another year if they're good, and then you know moving on from the 27, 28 year old running back and redoing the process. That would be my optimal strategy for the position if I was, you know, a general manager, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And it's unfortunate that the running back position has turned into this. It's sort of all committee based. Um, majority of the time it's, you know, replaceable production. Um, I don't know how what they do to fix it. I don't know what the running backs having the meeting is doing or helping or what their you know what their plans are. But um, yeah, that's how I see it. So yeah, from you know, anyways, from a you know fantasy football, um, you know viewpoint. All right, and uh, moving on to the main part of the show today, we are talking NFL dynasty fantasy football cells uh, players. We are. Happy to move off of our rosters. Um, we all have one each, and then maybe some uh, some more notable mentions at the end. Um, before we get into it, Frank, when you're selling a player or an asset or whatever in Dynasty, do you look at, um, you know, this is the player's value right now. I'm never going to get more value, so I'm selling. Or do you look at um, age? Do you look at contracts? Do you look at a certain position? Uh, time of year like what what's the main factors of a dynasty sell to you and the uh when you're selling them like what talk to me about dynasty sells in a general sense yeah so for dynasty sells obviously the time of the year is very important you're going to have greater values for competing pieces or players that are going to give you fantasy points um either right before the season starts um when players you know when managers are getting their lineups ready for week one or in season, you're going to get probably optimum value for those kind of pieces. Um, as far as, you know, young players, picks, the off season is definitely going to be the time um, to sell those assets. But then it's also the same time where it's trying to buy them. So you don't want to sell them. Um, it's a bit of push and pull and you've got to make sure that you get um, the correct value. Um, as far as selling players, it is something that is very difficult to do in um Dynasty fantasy football because you may look at your team and they although they may be a good player, as soon as you put that player up on the trade block or you ask someone about them, or oh, would you be interested in this player? Um, immediately the value of that player is just decreased because subconsciously or consciously your league mates are going to see that and go, well if he doesn't want them or she um, doesn't want them, why should I want them? Um, and that ha- that's you know you find that happening all the time. If anyone's played dynasty fantasy football for long enough, they know that this is real. Um, just a general strategy, you know, you could try to um, do is have them involved in a maybe a bigger trade or as a you know a throw-in piece or to try and basically almost hide that player. Your true intention is to sell them. Um, you know, I think the good fan, the di- good dynasty fantasy football players um, do a good job of separating players from assets, and they see a Jalen Waddle or an Armin Ross St. Brown or a Garrett Wilson. They see them as the same. They see them as a young receiver that's going to give you production right now um, as opposed to a name. 
So you can still make trades based on assets as opposed to names. Um, and then getting those sell pieces into other trades, I think is the best way to go about it um, and constructing your team the right way. So you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be selling competing pieces. If you intend on competing this year, I think that goes without saying. Um, some people do get carried away and they think this person's too old. I need to get them off my roster right now. Some like, you know, players like Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, these guys are still going to be arguably top five wide receivers this year. That's incredibly valuable for a team that is trying to win the championship just because they're that bit older. Um, I wouldn't go, you know, go crazy. And people try and sell these guys for someone like a, a T Higgins or they believe, you know, Jerry Judy's going to break out or they, they basically tear down just to get a younger piece, but then the team doesn't ever get good. You just got a lot of, a bunch of, you know, mediocre players as opposed to the top end talent that's required to, you know, win a championship. Uh, so yeah, number one thing I like to do is if you're trying to sell someone, try and hide them in a bigger deal um, and then also pick the time. So depending on the asset, the time of the year is important. If it's a competing piece, you want to be close to the season or in season. Um, and then if it's a, you know, rebuilding piece, if it's picks, young players, um, pick them up during the season. Try and buy them during the season when they're not producing in the off season. Um, you're not going to be able to get fair price for those, but during the off season, sell them. You're going to get top dollar for them because everyone you know believes that they have you know the vision they can see their team in three years time um competing and being you know this absolute world beater never really works out that way so that's what i try to generally do um if you guys have anything more to add joel is a man that's been pretty successful at selling players what do you look at he hasn't hasn't won many games yet andrew but um, he got a first out of Trey Sermon one time. Like Trey Seaman, shout out. Um, oh, God, that's painful. Why do I have to play in a league with you people? Great trade. Like, it? like, what do you do? Just try to maximize the value where you see it? Or what's what's your strat? Uh, it's all the time. I agree with the like where Frank was going with the, you know, the time of the year when you like want to sell all these players. Um, You want to sell all these young, you know, maybe potential players, you know, the Trey Sermons of years past, um, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, Kendra Miller, literally what we were talking about this morning. No one, like, imagine trying to get a first and a second for Zay Flowers, who's producing as, like, the wide receiver 30, and that's six, like, objectively, that would, if he finished the wide receiver 30 this year, that's relatively successful given his situation. And Kendra Miller is, like, the backup for Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams, and, you know, he looks good, but no one's giving you a first and a second in the middle of the season. It was A-chain. But anyway. Um, A-chain, sorry. Um, yeah. Like, it's all time of year. And even if you, you're sitting on, like, you know, these, like, um, older pieces who probably will help um, teams win, say, like, a you know, a Tony Pollard, a, um, any of these, you know, good running backs, Jonathan Taylor, um, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, um all these players, you sort of want to sell them in the season when they're scoring a lot of points, um, you know, for receivers like Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams. Like, you don't really want to sell them now just because, you know, as of right now, they're, you know, 28-year-old, 29-year-old wide receivers. In season, they are, you know, viewed as, you know, holy shit, this is the wide receiver three points this year. Like, you know, these are top-tier championship winning assets but you know you obviously have to view like 
you do you really want to sell Stefan Diggs when he's, you know, the third highest scoring fantasy wide receiver? Like that's where it gets tough. Um, and you've really got to, you know, assess your team uh, and your direction when, you know, selling these pieces. Um, opposite to that, like buying picks around draft time is like impossible. Um, and every pick is like, you know, this guy's a superstar. Whereas, you know, right now, the 2025 second is, that's nothing. That's two years away and it's a second or it's even a 24 second is like, you know, that's so long away. So, um, you know, great time now to be acquiring new picks um, and probably not a good time to be like selling your picks when they're, you know, it's not peak draft season time. Yeah, perfectly put. Um, Just quickly, uh, I don't know which players you two have brought up, but I've seen a lot of places where, you know, people are people's sales right now are rookies. Um, do you two agree that, you know, selling, you know, Zay Flowers or Kincaid or JSN or um, Addison or, you know, these guys who are, you know, perceived high value? Like, I think you sold Trey Sermon this time, maybe two years ago. But do you think um, rookies are a great idea to sell right now or, um, or are any of these rookies in this class actually sells for you, Frank? I've seen a lot of people are selling Kincaid. Apparently, he's ranked too high. They would cash out and just take, you know, Dallas Goddard or the pick that he's um, perceived at. Like, um, yeah, do you think this time of year is a great time to capitalize on this rookie hype or the value of these rookies? Yeah, I think you're you're right. Some of them are incredibly high and just obviously using the example you just mentioned, Dalton Kincaid, he probably is someone that I think is, you know, ranked very high. Probably just more a reflection on the uh, tight end landscape as a whole. Um, but he's, you know, he's going ahead of Dallas Goddard, who, you know, last season was like, I believe he was like the tight end four in points per game. Um, and he's only, you know, 28 years old still. Um, still has plenty of time, still, you know, contracted in Philadelphia, um, locked in with Jalen Hurts for a few more years. Um, like if you can get Dallas Goddard plus, a pick, I think that's really good as well. Um, but again, I think it's more of a reflection on the the landscape as opposed to Dalton Kincaid being wildly overvalued. Um, but you know, to say that he's, I'm looking to keep trade cut right now. He's currently a, the a tight end six, so he's basically got the same value as George Kittle. Um, Dallas got it. I mean, he's actually he's worth significantly more than Dallas got it according to keep trade cut. Um, but some of these rookies are, you know, being really highly valued. JSN, I mean, he was someone who just goes straight to, you know, trying to grab it up now. He's already the wide receiver 12 in Dynasty. Now, I think he's great. I think that his situation is going to be fine moving forward because the Seahawks, you know, have done a good job of, you know, using their wide receivers for a very long time under Pete Carroll. Um, you know, you've also got uh, Tyler Lockett, who's not going to be there forever. There will be target volume for him. Um you know, he's ranked ahead of DK Metcalf, Drake London, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams. These guys are, you know, supremely talented who we've seen do it at the NFL level as opposed to someone we haven't even seen hit the field yet. Um, it's, it is interesting. I do think, you know, looking at it now, it's not, I didn't have, you know, these rookies, you know, rated that highly um, just as a class. So he's, you know, these guys at the wide receiver position, I personally didn't have them ranked as highly as, you know, last year's 
class of, you know, Chris Salave, Garrett Wilson, um, Drake London, you know, I would have had probably JSN probably go somewhere around the, you know, Chris Alave possibly gets taken the NFL draft slightly before him. Um, but for him to go straight to wide receiver 12, I think is a definitely, um, you know, a definite uh, chance to sell. Um, Jordan Addison, again, he's not, you know, he's wide receiver 21 right now. Quinton Johnson's back to back with him at wide receiver 22. The names around him are, you know, Jahan Dotson, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, you know, your Brandon IU, Christian Watsons. Um, I think they all are very similar. I think once you get to that point, I'd probably rather have the rookie um, just because there is, you know, chance for them to grow. Like if Jordan Addison finishes as like the wide receiver 20, all of a sudden he's like the wide receiver 10 in Dynasty and you've obviously made that sort of that profit, um, although it's not realized unless you sell. Um, so, yeah, I think some of the rookies that are really, really highly rated, but Again, once you say that, you start looking at the Bijan Robinsons of the world, and you'd rather just, if you're going to draft Bijan, Bijan, you'd rather him just, you know, be your running back one and give you lots of points and win a championship. Isn't that right, Joel? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I, I, Andrew got me on the Trey Sermon thing. So I traded Trey Sermon August 8th. So, you know, about two weeks away from the time we currently are at now in the, you know, off season of two years ago uh, and matching it up with keep trade cut. He was currently running back 18 at that time. So, you know, even though like, you know, that's wild. Yeah. Trey Sermon was running back 18 on according to the Creek trade cut. So, you know, these running backs, these rookie players, not just running backs, rookie players in general, obviously get pushed up way too highly this time of year. Um, some, times that works out uh and you you know get the get the value growth that you know some some of these like superstar players like you know the garrett wilson's or um you know chris alaves have um even like a christian watson who you know sort of would have grown a lot in value uh and other times you know you just get these players plummet they turn into complete nothing so it's a risky time to be selling these players, but as a general rule, um, you probably will win out in the long run by trading them all. But, you know, you're going to have some bad misses in there, but you also would have some really good hits um, by selling them. Yeah, like what if someone offers you like Jordan Addison and they offer you like a, a Chris Godwin and a like a first-round pick? Like that's – some people do that, like a late first or something like that or a second-round pick or – I don't know if you're a competing team, you know, the team that's trying to get rid of Amari Cooper and they offer you, they're in love with Jordan Addison. You know, they're a Vikings fan. They offer you a first round pick and you go, look, one first isn't enough. You know, I took him at the 105 this past season. So you can say that, you know, you don't need Amari Cooper anymore. Why don't you give me Amari Cooper as a throw in um, on top of that first round pick and I'll give you your Jordan Addison. I'll let you reset that position for your team. Get yourself, you know, 22, 23 year old wide receiver um, to replace production someone may have had from Amari Cooper from all these years. Um, that way, you've obviously covered yourself. If you need production this year, Amari Cooper's going to be a great option, I think, with Sean Watson. Um, but then you also get that first-round pick to try and then reselect a player of that caliber um, and just recycling that process over and over again to making sure your team is always competitive because that's the dream. You, no one wants to actually go through these rebuilds. Um, Dynasty fantasy football is a cruel game where sometimes it's necessary um, but in an ideal world, you're dominating your league. You're being able to recoup assets over and over again. Um, always be competitive. Always having the best young assets. 
um, and being able to do it year after year. So that's something that um you could definitely do with these rookie wide receivers um, that are currently priced, you know, at a premium. No one's giving you a first in Amari Cooper for Jordan Addison. People do. People genuinely do. I actually like think that that's could you happen. Get a second if you're lucky. Now, like the the kind of deal, I'm I'm with you, Frank. But my um my sell was going to be, you know, these rookies, uh, Kincaid, Michael Mayer, JSN, um, to name a few, because I just think it's really good uh, idea to do so. But we've already touched on it, so I'll move on to my first. Dynasty sell, and it is um, of the players I listed down just before we start. Frank, this is what I do. I just write down who I might pick, and of the list, twelve of them were running backs. Um, oh god! So I guess for me, it's when I'm selling a player, I look at positions I, you know, want to continue to uh, get off my roster, and where I think their value is peaking, and I think. Um, Damien Pierce's value is probably at a peak right now, and he is my dynasty sell. I know what everyone's thinking. Um, Damien Pierce was great. He's a 23-year-old running back, and we actually promoted uh, Big Damo Pierce, or I did on the pod last year, as someone to add to your teams because he could be something. But, you know, I think you can get a first for Damien Pierce. And, um, you know, the Texans aren't great um let's have a look here 31st best offense in football 31st best rushing offense in football um you know just a really bad team um he was a fourth round selection so they're not that heavily tied into him um they did sign Devin Singletary now before you say it's gross um he had nobody behind him last year and uh old single man single um Singletary is they actually paid him and they brought him in. Um, so maybe they want to involve him in the offense. I just, he doesn't have the entire um, backfield to himself. Um, I don't think he will be seeing these ridiculous amount of carry games, you know, 20 carries, 26 carries, 20 carries, 27 carries, 22. Um, not very involved in the passing game. Um, yeah, I think you can really squeeze a first out of Damien Pierce or, you know, I, is he going to be an RB2 this year? Maybe. I don't. I wouldn't bank on it. You could probably sell him straight up for Derrick Henry if you're a competing team who actually helps you or you could, you know, just get a first for him. You know, he's not really a win now piece and he's not really a rebuilding piece in my opinion. He's just that, you know, he's there kind of asset. Um, I don't know how you two view Damien Pierce, um, but yeah, he's someone that I would be selling because I think he's, you know, his his value is really maximised right now, and I don't think in two years' time will you get this for Damien Pierce? I don't think so. No way. Um, I don't know where you two sit on that, but yeah, that, that's yeah. he's probably someone that you may get, you know, a year or two of production out of. But like you said, within two years, you're going to get next to nothing for Damien Pierce. Um, so it may be wise to get some value for him now. Um, I yeah to agree with um you Andrew if you can get a you know late first round pick for him I definitely would consider it. Um, depends on where your team's at whether you need the running back um production during you know the season. Um, if you are in like a really deep league for like a twelve team start twelve or something like that, 
then Damian Pierce obviously does carry a bit more value. Um, but most leagues that people play in, you're only starting nine or ten players. Um, you know, some dynasty leagues even start eight. You know, Damian Pierce doesn't really give you um, a diff- point of difference at the position. Um, but if he's, there is someone that, you know, really does believe in Damian Pierce, definitely get off him. Um, I think I agree with what you said regarding Devin Singletary. I think they're going to get him involved um, in the running game at least a little bit. And then he obviously does have some ability um, to catch the ball out of the backfield um, that Damian Pierce hasn't really shown to be, you know, really above average at. He's been, you know, he was okay last season. Um, but again, it's just that sort of running back dead zone where you're, you're not getting enough production out of them for them to basically, you know, continue to keep that value like a Christian McCaffrey, a Derrick Henry, um, you know, during his time in Minnesota, or Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara up until most recently. Um, those guys are able to put together year after year after year of, you know, high-end production. Um, but you're not even getting that out of Damian Pierce purely because, you know, his situation is really poor. Um by the time the Texans are looking at competing, they're probably, you know, onto the next running back. Um, plenty of draft capital. Um, I think they just haven't taken, you know, a high-end running back because they've got so many other needs at uh, every other position. Um, so, yeah, Damian Pierce, not someone I'm super keen on. Um, but obviously, if you, if you, I'm not probably not selling him for a second straight up, Andrew. Maybe in like an eight-team league, you might. Um, but I'll probably just take the production um, if you're not going to get fair value. Well, yeah, you know, We've seen this with running backs that, you know, if they get um, James Robinson comes to mind, there'd be plenty more that, uh, who was the guy from Denver, Frank, curly hair? Um, Philip Lindsay. Lindsay. Nice. Um, you know, What a guy. Love that, man. They don't have awesome draft capital. A new coach comes in, you know, D'Amico Ryans from the Niners. They love running backs. They love committees. Um, you know, they obviously targeted Singletary. I just think... It could get really bad for Pierce, and I'm probably cashing out because I don't think it's. I just there's no path where this hurts you selling him, in my in my opinion. Um, yeah, like I said, go get a win now piece, or go get a, you know, maybe a Zay Flowers, someone. Um, no one's giving you a Zay Flowers. Well, not for straight up, but something like that. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. But um, yeah, like what if you did like, for example, you said Zay Flowers. I know you said that you know some of these rookies are could be a sell. But, like, what if you sold um, Damian Pearson, Kadarius Tony, and you got Zay Flowers? Yeah, something like that. Like, I think there's teams out there that would accept that. But, yeah, anyway, that's enough on my sell. I hope you enjoyed it. No, I'm not done. Okay. All right. Um, Roshan <laughs> and a 24 second. Yeah, I'm happy to, yeah. happy to pull the trigger on that, yeah. Um, yeah. Khalil Herbert and... Brian Robinson. Oh, I don't know. Gee, I don't know. I'd rather, I think I'd rather just. Da- I think I'd rather Damian at that point. Okay, it's A chain and Khalil Herbert. I would rather the upside with A chain. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. With like Kendra Miller. Um, what about like Antonio Gibson and a twenty-five second? Yeah. Well, I think. Pierce. I refuse to buy into Antonio Gibson, you just know, out of principle. Pierce and Gibbo will probably be the exact same positionally, and then you just get the extra pick. Yeah, I'd do that. Tank, Bigsby, and a late 24 second. Yes, I'd do that. Oh, what's with the Tank, Bigsby love? No, it's, Grow up. It's the draft it doesn't have capital. to be Tank, Bigsby. It's it can the, be Ty J Spears. It can be Kendra Miller. They're all mostly the same. It's the draft capital that I 
like Frank. Plus, you get a good player. But yeah, no, I'm. I'm Jalen Warren in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell and a second. No, I'm off Eli. Yeah. What about like any of these players in a third? Like, is that where it's getting like too low? Yeah. Yeah, that's where it's getting too low because then the so, running back you're getting has far less of a chance to be like a running back too. Where like if Damian, like I'm pretty confident that Damian Pierce is going to finish somewhere between the running back 15 and the running back 24. Like I'm confident. I don't think he falls out of that range. I think he's good enough and he's going to get enough volume in Houston where he's going to be okay. Alvin Kamara and a third. Yeah, if I'm competing, 100 times out of 100. Yeah, I'll take Alvin. What about straight up with Alexander Madison? I think Madison's better this year. Yeah, I know. that's why That's why I think the people that have Madison have been holding him for so long. They they don't do that deal, but he was I don't a, know what you get. He was another name on my list, to be fair, Madison. But, um, yeah, um, do you agree? I'm happy to re-roll any sort of running back yeah. for a slight tear down and a pick. I think yeah, the pick's okay. always a safe sort of way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have the upside of any of these. I'd be much rather doing like a, you know, uh, a chain, a Kendra, a Roshan and a pick. Um, you could flat out like get a, the better piece straight up and get the pick on top. That's the kind of deal I'd be much rather looking at. Um yeah, like a two for one with one player and a pick kind of thing. All right, Joel Frank, who's hitting us up with the next one? Frank is. Yeah, all right. I'll I'll give us uh my hot off the press dynasty sell. Um, apologies for ruining your night, Joel, but my dynasty sell is none other than Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Now, before you jump down my throat, Joel, I want you to know where he's going, um, you know, in drafts. He's currently going as the wide receiver 29. Now, that sounds really low, um, but I want to tell you guys that are going around him, and I know you're not going to like some of these names, um, but you've got Zay Flowers, you've got George Pickens, you've got Hollywood Brown, you've got Chris Godwin, you've got DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel. I'm going to ignore the fact that Jamison Williams is still up there, but you've got... Michael Pittman as well. These guys are better positioned. I'm not saying they're better players, but they're positioned better to score more fantasy points than Calvin Ridley, who is, believe it or not, sneaky old. He's 28.6 years old. So by the time the season starts, he's actually going to be, I believe he'll be almost 29 when the season starts. He's, to be specific, he's 28 and 224 days. So he's basically going to be 29 years old and he may give you a wide receiver 20 year or something like that this year. And you're going to be happy with the production, but he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season, whether the, whether the Jags, you know, re-sign him and bring him on again for another contract. But why would they pay what, you know, what will be a 30 year old receiver? They're not going to give him a four year extension or a three year extension or anything like that. Um, for a player who is good and I think is going to contribute to the Jags and will have an impact on winning um, at the NFL level. But he's someone that I'm not paying that kind of price tag with absolutely no stability at quarterback. Not, I won't say stability at quarterback. His contract situation provides him no stability at quarterback. Um, 
Calvin really obviously out of contract, end of the year. Christian Kirk still under contract through 2024 and 2025. Even in 2025, they still have $13.5 million in dead cap to cut Christian Kirk. Um, and then obviously there are a lot of naysayers say that, you know, Calvin Ridley is more talented than Christian Kirk. I would agree with that. I think we've all watched the film. We've all seen Calvin Ridley be an exceptional wide receiver at the NFL level. But Christian Kirk runs like 90 plus percent of his routes out of the slot where Calvin Ridley runs a vast majority of his routes out wide. So I think they can both coexist and both, you know, contribute. Um, you had Zay Jones out wide last year, finishes, the, I believe he ended up finishing as like the wide receiver 24 or something along those lines. A really, really, you know, strong finish for him. Um, but his productions, I feel, is going to only take away from Calvin Ridley as opposed to Christian Kirk running all of his routes through the slot. You've still got Evan Ingram there. As good as I think uh, Trevor Lawrence is, Doug Peterson's always shown a tendency to be, you know, run heavy. They've, they tra- they um, they obviously selected Travis Etienne in the first round two years ago, then selected Tank Bigsby, Bigsby in the third round this year. They've shown a commitment to running the ball. Um, at times last year, they were very run heavy. You know, Travis Etienne had games where he had 30 carries. Um, so I think that this... Um, belief and upside um, in Calvin Ridley for a player that hasn't played in two years, I think has gone a little bit too far. Um, You know, if I can sell Calvin Ridley for Michael Pittman straight up, who's only 20, not even 26 years old, who's going to give me the same amount of production as Calvin Ridley, like with no direct competition, although the quarterback position isn't as, you know, potent for catching the ball and, you know, receiving yards because of what Anthony Richardson does with his legs. Um, but I'd much rather do that. I'd much rather, much rather have someone like a DJ Moore who is the undisputed number one uh, weapon in his offense. I'd rather trade down to a younger player like a Zay Flowers, like a George Pickens. Um, Marquise Brown isn't going to have any real competition at the wide receiver position once Kyler Murray comes back. Um, Chris Godwin has a chance to you know, continue to just put up you know wide receiver two numbers like he has for the majority of his career. Um, I just don't see the point in paying up for a, a 20, well, who's going to be 29 year old wide receiver who doesn't have a contract with his team next year. I think we need to take the name away from it and just see exactly what he is and what he can produce this year. And I think the price tags are gone a bit too far. Joel, I know you will probably want to say, Nope, you're wrong. Calvin Ridley's the man. Um, he's going to lead you to a fantasy championship. I'm, I'm willing to listen. I think he's a fine, this is Andrew, but I think he's a fine sell just because the memory of Calvin Ridley is he's awesome so you can still get a lot from him but the thing that scares me he hasn't played in two years so um wouldn't shock me if he comes out and he's good again and then Frank you could lose this this um trade because you know there's the the alternative argument of you know there's not much tread on those tires you know he's could go for a while but um he's Sorry, Andrew, go. No, 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 yeah, I'm just saying I can see both sides of your argument. I'm kind of Switzerland. I think Joel's going to come back at you, but, um, yeah, I I think it's a fine sell, but it, it's a fine hold slash I think he could be good. He's five months older, uh, sorry, five months younger than Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper, same, same basically has one year left on his deal, with arguably a better quarterback position. So he's going to give you more production this year. Um, And then, you know, you don't know where he's going to be next year. 
and he's actually played last year and he finished as a wide receiver eight last year. And then you got Calvin Ridley who has not played a game in two years who arguably has a worse quarterback position because I'd still hate to be controversial. Sean Watson's a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence from what we've seen thus far. I don't care what Deshaun Watson did at the back end of last year. Um, talk about someone who hasn't played football in a while and was rusty when he came back. Um, but Amari Cooper produced as a wide receiver one last year. He's five months older, is in the same contract situation and has less competition at the position. Why is he... I believe, I'm going to count the numbers out here. It's like it's like eight wide receiver 29 compared to the wide receiver 37. So he's eight positions lower who objectively they're the same. Like if you... what well, Like basically if you're a competing team, you wouldn't. You'd rather have the guy that's going to give you more points this year and be done with it. Yeah, Coop's off me, Frank. You know you want to. No, I've got too many like that age wide receivers. Maybe Andrew, hit me up, baby. I don't dis like. You think because I have Calvin Ridley, I'm going to be like all against it? But like, I paid a 2024 second, no, 2023 second for Amari Cooper. The pick was like. I think Wheels took George... Calvin Ridley, sorry. What did I say? No. You said Amari Cooper. One of Amari Cooper chat, sorry. Um, so I traded a second to get Amari... No. <laughs> I want to do it again. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> um, and, like, that was fine. Um, I was happy to do that. It was sort of the real peak where he won't play for a full year. I was happy to sit on him for a year as a tanking team. And that was fine. His value since then has gone up. Um, it's just, I don't, not in, you know, this isn't, you know, this is our league specific, but I can't get a first for Calvin Ridley anyway. So, like, that's sort of like I'm not interested in selling for, like, a Traylon Burks, a George Pickens, a, you know, you mentioned Christian Kirk, Marquise Brown, like, I didn't sit on Calvin Ridley for a year to like basically sideways trade him, if that makes sense. Like I'd rather see what I've got. Um, but if I can get like a first for Calvin Ridley, I'd be happy to, you know, use that liquid sort of currency to go do whatever I want with it. That's not necessarily Calvin Ridley, but unless I can get a first for Calvin Ridley, I'm not, I'm not looking to sell him, and in our particular league, I cannot do that. Yeah, like he's someone that if you could pair it with like a lesser asset, like you know maybe in a, like a a lower end running back, like if you can pair um, Calvin Ridley with you know a, another lesser wide receiver, another running back, um, and then go and get a first round pick, then that's probably I think is a really, really good approach. Um, if you're able to do that, because those first just carry, it's got a one in front of it, Joel. It just, it carries so much more weight, especially when you get around to draft season, everyone's getting into these rookies. Um, I just think Calvin Ridley for most teams is going to be an expendable piece. And he's basically his name value is giving, you know, the ability to, you know, package him with something and get a real asset. So I think, you know, if you can package Calvin Ridley in a second round pick, I mean, I'd probably be willing to, get a first round pick for that, even though you're kind of just moving up in the draft, but what's Calvin Ridley really going to give you? I don't think he has that like top 12 upside that some people believe he does. You know, he's going, you know, I believe he's going in like the fourth or fifth round of, of our redraft leagues, which I think is 
genuinely insane. Really on McLaurin straight up. I would take Terry McLaurin. Let's see. You know what Terry One's 28, is. one's 27, one's 28. Like, there's nothing in it. Oh, he's a year younger, and he's got contracts. To, like, he's not a free agent next year. Also got no quarterback. Yeah, you know what Terry is, and it's mediocre. Like, Ridley could be something. But, you know... Could he? Th- no, but that's my point. Could he? Like, what is the legitimate upside in that situation with with Evan Ingram there, with Zay Jones there, with Christian Kirk there? It's the number one receiver for a young, yeah. up-and-coming Dark Horse MVP candidate. With Doug Peterson, he wants to run the ball. Like, I don't know. Most likely, actually. I, I'm... I'm, ta- I'm I will be corrected. If I'm wrong, then I will stand corrected. I won't run away from it. No, I, I agree with you, Frank. I just, you know, I, th- I think it could backfire. No, he, I don't think it can backfire. Like, that's the argument I'll put. Like, oh, okay. I think if you can sell him, like, his value is not really going to get much higher. But it's just what you can actually sell him for would be my, you know, pushback onto this sell. Like, if, I think if you can get a first, do it. Um, but I'm not looking to like sideways trade him into receivers that have, you know, same similar sort of question marks over their, you know, production. Um and, you know, have the same sort of just meh look about him. Like I'd rather Calvin Ridley, who could be, you know, he could flame out and be bad after two years, but he could be, you know, Calvin Ridley got to wide receiver three overall in Dynasty. Like I don't think he, he's not gonna get there, but that's the kind of upside the dude does have. He's not. He's never going to get valued as that again. But you know, no, he was awesome. Like I drafted him every league I was in. I sold my entire team for him and Saquon. Like I maybe this is why I'm like, you know, pushing back on a little bit. But you know, I think the talent of Ridley is insane. But great pick, Frank. I think it's um very valid, Joel. Hit us up with your last dynasty sell. Bring us home. All right. Let's talk. I wasn't going to do it, but let's talk (laughs) JT, Frank. Would you do it? What? what, Would I sell him? Yeah. Yeah, Everyone's available for the right price, Joel. Is this your way of asking me? No, I'm just like. Andrew's got this list here. I'm looking at the list. Like it's a lot of like real obvious sort of responses. Like yeah, sell the sell old running backs. You're a hero, Andrew. It's not like you know, ETN veteran running backs as a whole. Um, Madison. He mentioned Pierce, Jondre Swift, Acres, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's one name on here that really stands out with a lot of value, and it's Jonathan Taylor. And you're the owner. What would you, as the Jonathan Taylor owner, be selling him for? And we'll, you know, see if we would be, you know, buyers or, you know, the listeners could go out there and buy him at, you know, the cost that an owner would be willing to sell him. Yeah. So I think I, I think a note as well, again, I've mentioned it so many times, but we'll continue to preface it. Um, number of teams and number of starters really does matter, especially with these tie-in pieces. Um 
18. So those first round picks are really valuable because at a worst, they're still the 108, um, which for the most part is going to be a mid to late first round pick in a normal league. Um, And we do have a lot of starters. Someone like a Jonathan Taylor in my position where I am competing and I do want the production of Jonathan Taylor, if he can repeat as a running back one, that goes a long way towards me winning a fantasy title. So he's important to my team um, at this point in time. But I would want to replace that value. Like if I was going to sell Jonathan Taylor, I'd want to get at least a first round pick. And it's going to be a pick that I think is going to at least land me at least middle of the park. So I want it somewhere to be at least the 105. Um, I think if there's a really, really bad team, they're not going to give you a 101, 102, 103 if they know that they're going to be bad. The pick ends up there and that's just better. You're probably going to aim somewhere in the middle. But then I want someone like a a Derrick Henry or a Josh Jacobs or a, I'm trying to think, probably you're not going to get a Christian McCaffrey because he's a game breaker. Um, But you want a high-end running back. You want high-end running back production back to replace that and then get at least a mid first round pick on top of that. Um, that's what I would look for. Like if you could get um, a Tony Pollard and a first round pick, then that starts to start the conversation um, to sell Jonathan Taylor. The running backs in this market, the what's going on in the NFL with what's going on in fantasy as a whole, um, with the community really moving away from running backs um, and going, you know, trying to invest in these really young wide receivers that are producing right away. We're seeing it in the NFL um, you know, you see it from day one with these star wide receivers. They just produce straight away and you assume that's going to continue through their careers. Um, so it is hard to get that kind of, you know, value back for a young running back. But if you can, I, you know, I'd be open to it, Joel. Why don't you hit me up with a first and Tony Pollard? Get the conversation going. First and Tony Pollard. But what about a first and Derek Henry? Is that something you would trade Jonathan Taylor for? If I'm confident it's not going to be in our league anyway, the 108, 107, then you consider it. I think if you start to get to the 105 and lower, I think you have to consider it because you know that in that next draft, there's going to be a running back that gets taken in like the first or the second round. There'll be one of them that, you know, separates themselves. Um and you can take that, you know, at the 104, 105, you get your running back production. And if you really need to replace a young running back, you can that very next year um, in the draft. Or you get, you know, someone like a stud, like a stud wide receiver. Don't give me the same answer. It's a random, it's a random pick. Random pick and Damian, random 24 first and Damian Pierce. No, you're not doing it. It's not enough. That's, it's not the pick. That's the issue. Because I think the first book is a very liquid asset. You can then move that and do other deals with that. So that's fine. If it's a random first, cool. But I need to get, I need to get Derrick Henry. I need to get a Tony Pollard. I need to get yeah. I'm yeah. Once you start getting to like the Joe Mixons of the world, it's not it's not enough. Um, you need to get a Josh Jacobs. You need to get someone that you're confident is going to give you high end production when they're on the field, when you know that they're playing, you can get them on the field and they're going to give you similar production to what Jonathan Taylor was. Javante Williams. Yeah, you're not doing it for Javante. Like, you want a Nick You want Nick Chubb in a first. I'm going to give you Nick Chubb in a first. Then that that's the thing. Then you don't... You can't really sell Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I mean... Well, Right. I think Nick Chubb will outscore JT this year. And I don't think that's hot takey. No, easily. 
Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's hot takey at all. But that's the, that's the thing. Why trade a twenty three year old running back for a, what'll be a twenty eight year old running back if you're not going to get something on top? What about Najee? Again, you'd just want you'd want Najee plus, and that, that plus once you get to Najee, who's still young enough, you're not going to get a first on top of Najee. Like why? Why downgrade from what Jonathan Taylor has potential to be the running back one, where I think Najee Harris doesn't have the potential to finish. I'll go as far as say doesn't have the potential to finish as a top five running back this year with you know some of the other situations around the NFL. Why am I giving up that production and just what to get just to get a second back where the hit rate on that is incredibly low? No, so Najee in the twenty four first. Yeah, I think you consider that if you get in twenty four first. Who brought up a second? Well, I did apparently. <laughs> so, well, like Javante Williams and the twenty-four first—that was the question. And like Derrick Henry in the first, Damian Pierce in the first, J.K. Dobbins in the first. Are you doing any of those in the first for JT, or is that like that was the that was your answer originally for a first-round pick and those players? It was a no. It was a no. Najee Harris is someone I'm confident is going to be the running back ten. So that's sort of where Javante Williams could give you nothing. Yeah. Damian Pierce could give you the running back 20, running back 15. That's not it's not the same. During the line at, say, that running back 15 mark, where it's like, you know, because I don't think you're going to be able to get up into that Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler. I don't think you're going to be able to get into that tier of dynasty running back. But you yeah. get maybe that Javante Williams, Derrick Henry sort of range for a first. I think that's where you could sell and could get that deal done. Yeah. So that's the thing. I don't see why. Yeah. I don't once you get to that that range, like you said, the Javante Williams range, I don't see the point because I might as well hold Jonathan Taylor, who started his career as the running back five and then followed up as the running back one, was injured last year. And then now what he's now gotten realistically Rushing quarterbacks have generally, you know, improved the rushing stats of their running backs. Um, so now you're going to be in, a, in in an improved offense with an offense that does have some sort of threat. I would say that, you know, Carson Wentz wasn't really providing a threat. Matt Ryan wasn't really providing a threat while Jonathan Taylor was still putting up elite numbers. Um, so I think Jonathan Taylor's poised to, you know, to bounce back. And I'm not saying he's going to be the running back one, but I think it's within the realm of possibility. He's in no worse a situation as he was um, when he did finish as the running back. Same team, they're 24 first and 25 first. Two firsts, you got to do it. I think you get two firsts for any running back. you got to do it, except except for those named um, B. John Robinson. Everyone else, if you, you take two firsts. Like I, I don't know about you, Joel, but someone offers you two firsts for Brees Hall, you're doing it. More than likely. Yeah, you just have to. You're forced into it. Oh, shit on my list. I'm just going to, you know, defend myself. Um, you know, I did have ETN there. I had George Kittle. I had... Fine, like... Let me sell. finish. Sorry. I'll talk and then you can talk. Um, <laughs> Pierce, I had Kenneth Walker. I had DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Ramondre Stevenson, Jameson Williams, uh, Alexander Madison, Jonathan Taylor... Uh, Trigger Trey Lance, Calvin Ridley. Um, the last one there, I had Jordan Love, but I didn't know about it. Um, yeah, that was just rapid fire stuff. Um, 
I don't know, Jonathan Taylor, a rich new situation. It kind of worries me. Um, I just don't think he's going to be awesome JT anymore. That's just how I view it. Could, happy to be what is he? Is he too old? Is he dead at twenty four? Well, Frank, you never know. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy to sell JT. You know, I've seen it so many times with the running back position. Um, yeah, you know, when A. Rich is stealing those uh, touchdowns on the goal line, Frank, I know who will be angry, and it will be you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be so mad. <laughs> no, but yeah, I just think selling these players like Ramondre, Ken Walker, JT, when you know, I'm I could 100% be wrong on these guys, but um, you know, they're young running backs. Get the the you know the 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 massive offer that you can get for him because people love running backs like Frank does. Um, and yeah, that's all I was going with it. But would you you're selling JT? You brought him up, or you just wanted to have the conversation? No, I just looked at it and I'm like, well, you know, I put Madison on our trade block a while ago and like got laugh reacted out of the sleepy chat. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was me. I don't think anyone's buying Trey Lance. Um, I don't think like I I went to buy Jameson Williams and Burjo as the person is like you know asking for a first round pick and I'm just like I don't feel comfortable giving you you know that's why he's a sell because if if people are buying him at that it's... no but that's the thing I'm not buying no, him at that and it's... people that have him aren't gonna sell him for less than that so it's like yeah. well, we're at a you know. We're just at a stable mate here. Like, you know, you don't want to sell for that price. I'm not going to buy for your price. It's just we are what we are and it's not going to happen. That's why I think Jonathan Taylor was the name on the list where it's like, well, you know, this could happen if this is the thing. But I don't think, you know, I think Frank sort of hit me with the realisation that JT people aren't going to sell JT for, you know, a first and a good player. They want a first and a great player. Yeah, but if you can get that, which I think you can, I'm selling all the time. Yeah, I'd sell JT for like Tony Pollard in the first or yeah, um, yeah. even like, I don't, Najee in a first is like, eh, but like, you know. I don't know. I just, I think JT will be not the breakaway RB top five that he has been. Hmm. Maybe that's my hot take of the year. I don't know. But that'll do it, Frank, on the Fantasy Addicts. Dynasty Sales Podcast. We'll be coming back next week. We've been on fire, Frank. Um, I'm not even sure what we'll be doing next week, but it'll be another great episode. Um, oh, I'm sure it will be. Make sure you're following us on the Twitter at the FB Addicts and Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Um, give us a five-star review. Uh, follow us on Spotify so you don't miss an episode. And, um, yeah, that's all I got. Frank, anything else to the listeners, Joel? Well, have a lovely day, listeners. Um, crush it. And uh, always lovely to talk to you and uh, Joel Andrew, so have a lovely night.